Action Fanatics, welcome to episode 99 of the Bulletproof Podcast. I am your host, Chris the Brain, and joining me in the co-host chair, he is back. It is the toy man, Chris DiPetrillo. Chris, welcome back. We are in Actionversary Month. Can you believe it? Nine years. I cannot believe it. It has been quite a long time. You know, I wasn't there right at the beginning, but it wasn't soon after since I jumped on, so... uh I just want to thank you for starting the website to not only give me something to read during the day, but now to give me something to write about for uh, going on seven years. Yeah, you've been with us seven years. The site's been going on for nine years almost. Uh, end of August, we will officially hit the nine-year mark, and we've got a lot of things planned for this. It is Actionversary, as I said. Uh, as this drops, we have a, a review of the new Ninja Turtles movie. We're going to have a review of the Meg 2 this weekend. I have a special what-if post planned, Chris, about one of our favorite topics, the A-Team. I do love those what-if posts, and I do love the A-Team. So we got that going on. going to pay tribute to Enter the Dragon, which is actually celebrating its 50th anniversary this august from its uh, release here in the states and a lot of big action anniversaries this year yeah some of our favorite films uh, are hitting some milestones that's right only the strong to be the best with a friend of the site michael worth yeah i think that one actually as this drops i think it it was either the first or the second so we're, we're just shortly removed from that we actually did want to have michael uh on to uh talk about that but he's so busy with all this bruce Poitation stuff that's going on so at some point we will circle back with michael and talk to be the best with him because that is one of his best films i agree so yeah we've got that and yeah the big actionversary post this year we are going to be celebrating the films of new image which is kind of the uh predecessor to of canon films in in many ways and uh, so we're going to be uh covering that and uh who knows what who knows what chad has put, planned for us do you know what you have planned for us in actionversary month uh, actually for actionversary month uh one of my uh several editions of nse you know i usually try to get two in a month was actually inspired by re-watching the film that we're going to be talking about tonight. So Ooh. maybe I'll drop that at the end of the podcast because it kind of spurred the memory of a film that I have not watched in a while and it might be time to revisit. And uh, some similar storyline threads going on between tonight's subject and that film. So, uh, you know, we'll see. I might, uh, I might carry over this film into something else. All right, well, there's the teaser, so you have to uh, stay tuned to the end. And uh, again, of course, that is all going to be on BulletproofAction.com, and we encourage you to check out the site. Also be continuing my coverage of Warrior, which will be wrapping up uh, this month as well. So a lot going on, and uh, new stuff, old stuff, everything in between, we will be covering on Bulletproof Action. But let's talk about it. Our topic here for episode 99 for the very first time, we're going to be covering a Lorenzo Lamas movie. And this is one of his early action movies, Chris. Snake Eater. Snake Eater kicked off a trilogy. Um, we've talked about, I think we've covered all of those films on the site. I yes. think each of them has had a review going. But this is the first time we've talked about any of them. Uh, Lorenzo one of my favorites between Renegade and various films, but this one kicked off a, a rather interesting trilogy. Um, not so much like Blood Fist, where he's a, a different character every time, but uh, one storyline does not necessarily carry over into the other. It's basically he's the the same cop getting into trouble, getting him into a, an over-his-head situation, but uh, the storyline never progresses it just kind of bounces him around from situation to situation yeah it, it does and it I, we may as well talk about it right here at the top it just so many movies you know we we talk about so many of these action movies that were basically direct to video that you wish had a sequel sometimes even bigger movies something like an action jackson deserved more than one movie but freaking snake eater gets three movies Hollywood works in mysterious ways, Chris. 
and so do film budgets. But you know yeah. what? If we didn't get Snake Eater 3, we wouldn't have gotten to see Bam Bam Bigelow as right. uh, an evil biker who gets his comeuppance from Lorenzo Lamas. I mean, that was a 90s dream match. It really, it really, really was. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not uh, disparaging the fact that we got three Snake Eaters, but it's just interesting. Like, of all the movies, like, if that didn't get, I don't think, if we didn't get a Snake Eater 2 and 3, I don't think anybody would be like, damn it. We needed more snake Yeah, nobody would have noticed. Where other movies, you're like, damn it, we needed more Action Jackson. We needed more Remo Williams. We needed Mission of Justice 2. Something. We needed. Death Ring 2. Right. We needed these things. But we didn't get those, but we did get Snake Eaters. So let's get into it. This one was released uh, in Canada first, which is appropriate because that is where it was shot. March 31st, 1989, it had a limited release in the U.S. Uh, the next month, and then I would assume it hit video stores shortly thereafter. And I'm assuming that's where probably most people would have seen Snake Eater, either on video or I'm sure it was hitting the uh, premium movie channels at the time. And the movie opens up, we see Santucci, he's a cop at a phone booth, which dates this film. Uh, trying to place an order. Nowadays, he, he would just door dash it. But uh, here he's on the payphone trying to order some food, not really sure what he wants, and then finally figures it out, but uh, they don't deliver to this part of town, Chris. And I don't blame him because it looks rough. Yeah, they are definitely in the seedy side of town, and Lou is looking every bit like someone who resides in this part of town as opposed to being a cop he, he had like a used car salesman type of thing going on he looked like didn't exactly who, look like who might be on american gladiators to me oh yes i understand what you're talking <laughs> about uh the one and only larry zonka <laughs> larry zonka yeah which i feel like he was cast because dick buck has said yeah sorry i'm busy yeah he he gets the dick buck gets le leftovers but yeah so uh he Santucci doesn't have food. Lou brought his food. Uh, and they're, they're there because they're on a stakeout outside of this kind of rundown apartment building. And uh, the man on the inside is the one and only Jack Soldier Kelly, played by your hero, Lorenzo Lamas. That's it, the renegade. Several years before he hopped on his motorcycle and rode around the country helping everybody. Here he was sitting inside of an abandoned building, just uh, not even playing solitaire, just kind of flicking cards and singing to himself, entertaining himself. Yep, singing some Kumbaya, which I prefer uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin's version over the Lorenzo Lamas version. Yeah. Uh, and doing a little comedy. You know, he's on the, they can, Santucci and Lou can hear everything he's saying because he's wired and they're waiting for the when they need to to move in on this bus because he's there looking to buy some drugs and uh so yeah he's singing kumbaya he's doing a bit on masturbation and being blind and the two that they go hand in hand uh, i get well never mind unintended yeah uh and then we kind of lou kind of fills in uh, who this this soldier is chris and he was uh part of the elite search and destroy team for the u.s marines known as the snake eaters yeah a little bit of exposition so that we know exactly why the film is called what it is and why soldier kelly is who he is um you know the cops are just basically talking about him now mind you he's sitting there so it's like he's not even chiming in with any stories or anything like that like hey you know actually i did this i did that they're basically just acting as narrator as uh, Soldier Kelly sits there and waits for the drug runners to show up to try to make the deal. Yeah, and we also learned that uh, the Marines kind of got rid of him because he had a failure to adapt. But Lou's like, no, man. Which is funny, yeah. given what happens throughout the film. <laughs> right. And you know, Lou's like, you know what? They don't know what they're talking about. That's what's going to make him a good cop. So he's all on board. He's on the Soldier Kelly bandwagon at this point. Um, we then see a bum walk by the, the car looking for some coffee. Uh, and Lou provides him a cup. Uh, but it's not exactly just coffee or even coffee. Yeah, at all. It's, uh, it's, it's more akin to lemonade, uh, mm -hmm. but did not come from a tap. Well, I mean, technically it did. 
But, uh, you know, if you've ever seen a movie that involves a stakeout, uh, usually it's aimed more towards comedy. This would be something like you'd see in American Pie. Yeah. But uh, let's just say there was uh, a liquid substance in the cup that's not fit for normal human consumption. Yeah, he pissed in the cup is what we're saying. Uh, so <laughs> so Chloe is the comes to, to uh, meet up with the soldier. And is Chloe the the drug run? We we assume, but she's there, um, and she's wants to make sure that you know he's not a cop. So makes he's not wearing a wire. So what better way to prove you're not wearing a wire than to ask him to strip? But you know, smooth operator Jack Soldier Kelly's like, well, how about you show me yours and I'll show you mine. So before we even hit the eight minute mark, Chris. We got boobs on the screen. We do have boobs. Yep. It's, we not get... a, it's not a record, but it, it's pretty high up there. The eight minutes. Yeah, I mean, other movies have started off faster. Um, usually those are the ones at the back of the video store. But anyway, uh, yeah, she starts stripping and, you know, we get like a little bit of uh, it's almost like strip poker without the cards. You know, you right. take off your shirt. I'll take off my shirt. You take off your pants. Uh, and all the while, uh, Lou and Santucci are listening in uh, bewildered at how he's able to pull this off, considering that he's wired. Right. And we get the extreme close-up of Soldier unzipping, which I don't know who that was for, but uh, it's there. Uh, the panties drop, um, and, you know, Lou's like, oh, there's no way he's going to take off his, his drawers because that's probably where the wire is, obviously, because it hasn't shown up yet. But he does. So now they're naked, and... Whereas, you know, then we hear sounds that they are engaging in activities that a naked man and naked woman would engage in on this dirty apartment building floor. Yeah, I was grossed off enough when it showed Soldier Kelly sitting, uh, I'm sitting, standing on the floor with bare feet. Yeah. I mean, it's like anyone who's ever been into a college dorm knows that you need flip flops just to go in the shower. And he's standing in the middle of a crack house, essentially. Uh bare ass to the world including his feet so hopefully he's got his tetanus shots yeah i'm sure he's got all being in the marines he's probably well vaccinated because they were in in some worse scenarios i'm sure um and now yeah santucci's really confused as to where this wire could be hidden at this point because he's out there as he's out there for the whole world to see um once they finish up their uh activities we find out that Chloe was just kind of the setup because in comes our drug dealer and his muscle and they want soldiers money. They're, you know, they're ready for his half of it. But the thing is they didn't bring any drugs. They just want the man's money and they've got a gun. So what soldier to do? Well, I mean, technically given what's just transpired if you're trying to look on the bright side of things you could say hey i broke even right because i i got some off this chick but uh no instead we find out that soldier's a bit of a macgyver he really is and uh he's like oh i got the money it's in the other room Uh, they they go slow he goes in there goes to the corner hits a floorboard and up pops a bunch of nails in the floor just spiking the drug dealer and his bodyguard. Uh, Chloe tries to take off. She goes out the back door, gets caught in a net that he's set up. Um, and now Lou comes in and he is pissed because this is not proper police procedure. He wasn't pissed with, with that soldier bit screwed this woman on the clock. That didn't bother him. It's It was the, that he's got to figure out a way to right up how these guys have nails in their feet. Which is more plausible given that you would think like, Hey, you know, I was fighting them. There was a struggle. You could get away with that. Uh, I don't think having uh, sex with someone, uh, whether they're an unreliable witness or not, or a part of the crime would fly these days, but Hey, you know, we've got to make them a macho hero and I'll be damned if they didn't do it in the first 10 minutes of this film. (laughs) They they certainly did. Um, So Lou's like, all right, you know what? Turn in your badge. You're suspended. You know, you're not. So we, again, Lou quickly changed his tune uh, on soldier Kelly. He was all on board and couldn't understand what the Marines were thinking. Now he's probably right. Like I get what they saw in this guy. 
Um, and, but before Soldier goes, Santucci needs to know where that wire was hidden. And Soldier kind of points to his, his rear end. Kind of slaps his ass. Yeah, yeah, slaps his ass. And like, oh, but I mean, really, how could that audio have been that good? If that microphone That's, and, was jammed up. And why ass. wasn't that audio even worse coming from the other end? Right. <laughs> right. Right. But it, you know, he just did that to screw with Santucci. It was really in a little hair piece that was into his own actual hair, into that voluptuous head of hair that Lorenzo Lamas had at this time. And it would get even more voluptuous when Renegade would would roll in. He he had some he had some great hair. He had quite the mane, yeah. yeah. And that was that was three years later. So he spent most of that time growing it out. A lion's mane, indeed. Uh so now we get uh we we cut away from there and we see a young like college age girl Jennifer uh and her parents on out on a houseboat on the river um somewhere uh, we'll find out it's in Canada um and they're just I guess on a little bit of a vacation. I don't know why Jennifer was like basically looked like she was sunbathing in in the dark. Uh, but she was. Is it supposed to? It's no. It's not supposed to be Canada. I know it was filmed in Canada. I think they. But say it's not actually it's, supposed to be there. I want to say, they mentioned like, maybe not. I feel like they mentioned the town, and it was a Canadian town. I don't want to say Hamilton. Maybe it was Hamilton that they said. Of course, Hamilton could be anywhere. That sure could be Hamilton, California, for all we know. Right. Um. So yeah, we've got this family. They're on this houseboat. Suddenly, the boat stops. It just hits something, and then it won't start up. So Dad is going to go out take a look at the engine. Mom's like, "Well, that's fine. You do that. I've got to check on our dinner." Uh, Jennifer at this point has gone into her room to change, um, and we now meet what is going to be one of the most horrible cast of characters. No redeeming qualities about these people whatsoever. Uh, just a no, not at all. Backwoods family of mutants, led by a man named Junior, who sneaks up on the dad as he is uh, checking on the engine, uh, and he's got two uh, kin with him, Clyde and Slim, um, and these guys are not here for good reason. Th- these guys are here for trouble, Chris, and. Uh, yeah, these guys might have actually been worse than they may have. They may be worse, as I trip over my words here, uh, than the family from Bullies. If you remember the bully movie Bullies that I reviewed some time back, um, just slimy, creepy. I mean, and you know, it was a it was a cast of no names that played them. So it's not like we can even refer to their previous body of work to see who they had played before or since. Um, but they did a damn good job in being say, unlikable. Right. They're very convincing in these roles. So it almost makes me feel like they just, that's who these people were. Uh, so yeah, they Clyde stays out with the dad, uh, junior and slim decide, Oh, let's go inside, see what's cooking in the kitchen. And, uh, obviously the mother is all freaked out. Um, she's like, Hey, if I give you some food, would you guys go away? They're, they're eating the ham and they're, they're having a good, good time at her expense. Um, and then Junior hears Jennifer's music playing, and so he pops into her room, and uh, uh, just horrible, like just the. And this is going to be the first of many of these scenes between these two, where Junior is just creeping on Jennifer, and it it's horrible. He's a horrible, horrible human being, Chris. Yep, yeah, the only people that he's nice to are his brothers, and even then, he's really just barking orders at him. Right. But, uh, yeah, let's just say that there's not a lot of action out there in the swamp, and uh, we find out that they're a pretty sadistic bunch that take great pleasure in harming, hurting, and killing people, and uh, keeping the females around, well, at least in this case, Jennifer, not poor old mom, um, for their own personal use. Yeah, you would have thought they would have taken Mom just for one of the other guys, but Junior's kind of a greedy, greedy man. So yeah, they kidnap Jennifer. They boil the Mom's face in the water she was boiling up for the corn that they were going to have. Um, then once that's over, we see that the Dad has been tied up 
to the outside of the boat. And basically he can do nothing. He's helpless at that point. And it gets worse because they set freaking fire to the boat. So these yep, people boil mom, beat up dad, set the boat on fire, leave him for dead. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this goes beyond like a little uh, smash and grab or kidnapping. These guys are, like I said, pretty sadistic. These are uh, these are going to be a challenge for Soldier Kelly. And at this point, Soldier has no idea. And we really have no idea what his connection to these people are at this point. We just see Soldier now who is on suspension. So why not hit up his favorite watering hole, the cage? Uh, and uh, he's riding his motorcycle and swerves to avoid some kids and makes quite the entrance as he just goes flying into the bar crashes through a table. Uh, and it's the wrong table to crash through Chris, because there's a, a ruffian, a tooth collecting goon, as I put here in the notes. Um, and once soldier kind of gets up and goes to his table and orders himself some food, the goon comes over and pours a beer right on soldier's lap. And you know, this is following action movie rules uh, because if a a hero enters a bar, he's going to have to get in a bar fight. It's kind of yeah. There was no being nice about this one. It is. It is. It's it's his law, which is actually the subtitle of Snake Eater Three. There you go. Nice little tie in there. Um, Yeah, his uh, arrival on a motorcycle was not as graceful as it would be several years later on Renegade. that scene, a, a lot of scenes, not necessarily played for laughs per se, but there was a lot of like prat falling and uh, I wouldn't say sloppiness, but a little bit of goofiness yeah. to some of it. And I guess that's part of Soldier Kelly's charm. You know, he's he's the relatable action hero. You know, he's kind of clumsy, but also can kind of survive in a pinch. And uh, here he decides to not only uh, get his revenge on the guy by squeezing his nether region, but also by popping out one of his teeth on his own. Yeah, because this guy has just a necklace of teeth from people that he's he's acquired over the years. So yeah, he gets a taste of his own medicine, uh, and then he has like this bottle-busting buddy, and uh, soldiers throwing bottles at him. This guy's just deflecting him like he's kind of Wonder Woman with the bracelets. Um... But Soldier outsmarts him, and uh, we, you know, our bar fights over, and then a cop shows up, Murphy, classic cop name. He shows up, and first Soldier's like, oh, you're going to arrest me for beating up a bunch of scumbags who were causing trouble? Why don't you, you know, get them? But no, we find out that those people, the mom, the dad, and Jennifer, were soldier's family i was his mom and dad and his younger sister on that houseboat and murphy needs soldier to come down and identify the body so now everything is linked up here chris and we now know soldier is going to be the one who has to deal with these mutants in the backwoods it's going to push him too far and we go to the backwoods where we see jennifer tied up in a shack um and sissy who I have written here as the female mutant. Uh, she's there. She's Junior's girl. Possibly cousin and or sister. Uh, but also girl. Yeah, the fact that they called her sissy made me think that, that was there was some uh, inbreeding going on. Yeah. Um, and she brings a fish uh, for Jennifer to eat. And Jennifer's like, you know, we were told not to eat the fish because the water here is polluted. Which then kind of makes you like, why did you decide to go there for your vacation on a boat <laughs> yeah like why why go like there was no other place to go you had to go on the polluted river some vacation um so jennifer's like no i don't want to eat it and says like, junior you says you have to eat and you know, there's nothing wrong with this fish we've been eating it for years yeah clearly nothing wrong at sure all. you have um so at least we know the the source of of some of their problems um so yeah now soldiers like He's got to figure out what's happened here. So he goes and finds the the marina where his dad rented the boat, King's Marina. Uh, And he meets King. And it's a a guy who's uh, maybe likes to hit the sauce a bit. And uh, first thing he does, though, is ask Soldier about his hog, Chris. 
handsome about his hog. He was asking where he hid the wire. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. You meant the motorcycle. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. I see what we did there. Um, yeah, he starts kind of revealing. He's like, you know, I used to ride a bike too back before it was all this. None of these, you know, fame dangled gangs. Yeah, he's he's like the the town drunk that has a little bit of wisdom, and they start to bond a little bit. Like soldier gets a kick out of him, king gets a kick out of him, and uh, you know, soldier kind of blames him. Like, you know, well, what the hell? Like, you know, what kind of a death yeah. trap did you rent my family? Yeah, after and the, he's like, I'm that... gonna. After the little nice, kind, little small talk, he, Soldier quickly turns like, yeah, like you said, what kind of death trap was this? And King, a little offended, but he understands. He under, I mean, Soldier's coming from a bad place here, Chris. And then when Soldier starts asking questions, he's like, well, you know, you can check with them. And uh, them would be the very unreliable looking, uh, there's that word unreliable <laughs> again, uh, mutants yeah. who are in their dirty overalls and looking rather unkempt and not trustworthy, but this is the first of what would be many encounters between Soldier and uh, the Backwoods gang. Yeah, so we see Slim and Clyde again. Now we're going to meet Eli, another one of them. Uh, And, you know, King's like, well, you know, the accident happened near where these guys live, so maybe they they saw something or know something. Uh, Soldier shows a picture of Jennifer, um, which gets the, oh, she's a nice piece of ass, which is exactly what an older brother wants to hear. Um, Especially when he's in mourning. Exactly. And uh, Slim goes one step further and licks the photo because he's a freaking maniac. Um, And this soon turns into a dock fight and a beatdown of Soldier. And, And like you said, Chris, like, soldier is very much kind of an even you know he was a a marine an elite marine but he gets his ass kicked here and you know a lot of action guys would not have wanted this like steven seagal this would not have happened to no at at this point in the runtime of the film he would have already had the majority of the hillbillies dead to rights (laughs) yes yeah so lorenzo was willing to like hey you know i gotta get beaten down i gotta go all the way down and then i make my big comeback um so King tries to help that doesn't, but just ends up in, in the water. Uh, but King's daughter known only as the kid shows up with her shotgun and you know, basically chases the mutants away or, or threatens to, to uh, blow them away if they don't leave. And, and they uh, oblige the lady's request. Um, and then next thing we know, soldier has been brought inside and wakes up at quite the convenient time. And he looks up and looks over to the open bathroom door. And there's our, uh, the kid coming out of the shower, butt ass naked. This man gets to see naked women, no matter what he's doing on the job, radar for it on the job, getting beat up on it. He just, it's boom. Just naked women appear before this man, which pre-internet that's pretty impressive now anybody could go see a naked woman at any given time right on their phone but he's getting them lot live naked women yeah not only are they uh well you know he saw one that was naked that almost got his ass in trouble now this one saves his ass and gets to see her naked it's like every situation he's rewarded with naked women he is uh and you know so he doesn't let on that he's awake quite yet until she's like comes in the room and applying some lotion in her robe uh and she kind of gets startled a bit when she's like oh how long have you been awake um oh i put ass kissing it was ass kicking she like lets him know like you know you got your ass kicked so you might want to just kind of rest up a bit but he's like you know no those guys know they know more than they're letting on about my sister i need to go after him but he is absolutely in no shape uh, to go and ends up passing out again, which gives us some time to catch up and see what's going on with Jennifer. And it's not good, Chris. No, um, you know, it doesn't look like she's been harmed necessarily, but she's getting perved on. And, uh, yeah, we, we nearly get into, uh, you know, I don't even have a witty comment, but uh, let's just say that one of the mutants decides to uh, get a little hands-on entertainment before it's interrupted. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, and it, 
that's just a cycle of like people going to see Jennifer and then something happens that stops it. And, and we see this time and time again. So yeah, Jesse, who I believe is like the youngest mutant of the mutants brings her some water so she could wash up. And so she's pouring the water and she's wearing a white t-shirt. So guess what gentlemen? And he's peeking through the cracks of the shack and his pants end up down and you can imagine what's going to happen. But junior shows up, says, Hey, that's mine or she's mine. Get the hell out of here. You horny, but he's, he's just as bad. Chris, he's horny too. He goes into the shack and uh, we get another unpleasant interaction with the two. Um, but here comes Jealous Sissy, and she hits Junior with a freaking shovel. So again, Jennifer's saved by the interruption. And then there's a second interruption because Slim, Clyde, and Eli have now made their way back home to say, hey, this uh, chick's brother is uh, asking about her and uh, could be trouble for us. And it's about to be, especially when we get to the next scene where we've got... Uh basically a gi joe vehicle come to life yes it yeah it's like who was it zanzibar the dreadnought i think he had well no he had like a little well definitely zartan just had that little uh gimmick that came with it but yeah he's got a dreadnought vehicle for sure um because his bike has been turned into like a custom jet ski by king it's Um, a boater cycle it is very good boater (laughs) cycle indeed um, and yeah, back in the backwoods though, Junior now like, I'm going to make a baby with Jennifer. And this is just getting sissy more and more pissed. We cut back to snake who had gone on his errands. He took King's motorcycle since he could not ride his own anymore. Um, and he's got some homemade. Can I, can I pause you right there? Please. Cause I'm glad you mentioned King's motorcycle. Yeah. Which went into we the water. Mentioned. Yeah, we forgot to mention that as Soldier Kelly is getting his ass beat, King's idea to try to come to his rescue was to hop on his old motorcycle and ride it down the dock and go flying into the water. Like It was like a Three Stooges sequence. Completely flies right by the site of the fight, leaves everybody standing there like just doing what they were doing, and goes diving into the drink. Yep. So th- this movie does have a, an odd habit of throwing humor in at some rather inopportune times. It, it kind of messes up the flow of the movie at some point. It's like the tone is all over the place. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you've got the creepy, rapey tone. You've got the nonsensical comedy. Even that bar fight, the music was so off and odd. Uh, this is a strange film. This is a very strange film. And again, you think, and they made two sequels out of it? But they did. Um, but I think the sequels actually might be better than this. It may be the rare case where the sequels get better. Or maybe I'm just... You know, I've been having a bad run of shows here lately where after I rewatch it, I'm like, what the hell? That wasn't that good. I mean, I know we've still got a little ways to go to talk about this one, but, I, you know, I've always been partial to Snake Eater 3. Part 2 might be my least favorite larry b scott larry you know and for those who don't know that's lamar from revenge of the nerds showing up as soldier's Uh, sidekick he's also from iron eagle yeah that also true reggie isn't he reggie i don't know why iron eagle wasn't the first larry b scott film that came to mind here on an action podcast but it's first thing that came to my mind because I love and that's Iron that's Eagle. why we're doing this together so that exactly. we catch each other we, in yeah, these moments. We, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, King uh, also then gives Soldier his rifle because he's like, "There's a bear out there that has been reported. It it killed somebody." Another addition to the plot, by the way. There's yeah. these guys that have killed your parents. They've kidnapped your sister. They're rapey. You've been kicked off the force. You've either had sex or seen every woman besides your sister naked so far. <laughs> oh, and there's a fucking bear in the swamp. Yeah. Yeah. It's just getting worse. Uh, soldier makes his way up the river um, and hits that same log trap that his father did. But, you know, since he's just on the little motorcycle, as you put it, he goes flying. There's no seatbelt on that thing. He didn't have a helmet on either. Um, so he goes flying. Um, 
And uh, when he lands, there's like he sees a log, and there's his dad's hat. And now he's like, "Oh, you sons of bitches!" And he sees the the backwoods hillbillies like he 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 laughing. And then, all right. So now we go back to frickin' Junior. Now he now he's got to bring Jennifer a snake. Why? Because he wants her to be a snake eater. Mm, that makes sense now. No, it's still horrible. It's still another horrible scene between these two. Um, and once again, though, it gets interrupted uh, this time because the uh, Slim's all excited because Soldier hit the, the log trap just like his daddy did. And Junior then's like, all right, well, Big Brother is going to meet the bear tonight. So then you've got to think, like, is this their pet bear? Do they have control of this bear? What is going on with this bear? Keeping him in a cage, starving him, sicking him out on right. people that show up in their neck of the woods. So that's what I'm thinking at that point. Um, we get a little soldier prepare, uh, prepping for war. He's setting some traps of his own. Um, King, meanwhile, is all hopped up on his liquid courage, as he normally is, and decides to kind of show up and see if he could help soldier. Um, but he's the one, then, who's just kind of camping out then, because he didn't find soldier, so he just camping out, drinking. And he ends up becoming the victim of the bear. And we learn what the bear really is, I guess. Bear is Junior, or Junior is the bear. Apparently, they've killed a bear, skinned a bear. They're yeah. wearing, and he's just wearing the like... bear's fur, the, the pelt of the bear. But they're using the claws of the bear to slash up King. Yeah. It's, so, uh... yeah so, the, so the authorities think that it is actually just a bear attack. Which is like maybe the hillbilly massacre. Maybe the smartest thing they can do, or have they do in this thing? Yeah, or it's like he lost a uh, loser wears a bear suit match, and King winds up with marks on his face, uh, not unlike what Bolo was doing to people in Tiger Claws. Mm, oh, tight Tiger Claws indeed. So, uh, King is dead. Uh, the kid then comes looking because, like, where's her dad? She doesn't know where her dad is, doesn't know where Soldier is. She comes on the boat to see if she could find out anything. She ends up getting caught by that damn Clyde. Uh, but Soldier is able to rescue her and take out Clyde simultaneously, using a little mind games, kind of challenging Clyde and... Uh, Calls him a chicken shit. Yeah, oh yeah. Test, yeah really goading him into this and then he just falls right into his booby trap and dies so we got one less mutant on our hands thankfully yep yeah he gets the uh what's the is the i keep thinking what's the formal name for that spike trap the same type of trap like rambo would do oh i don't know this this is probably where we would need the expertise of chad cruz military uh, yeah so expert. i mean you know you've seen it in, in millions of action movies you know soldier fashioned a makeshift set of spikes and basically ribbed like a, you know, the old step on a rake trick. Mm -hmm. And so as he lures Clyde towards him, he winds up setting off the trap and impaling himself. Yeah. So he's out. Um, and so, but they don't have much time to celebrate this victory because next thing they know, soldier and the kid are tied up and gagged and hung from a tree in sleeping bags and just left out in the sun. Like they're going to be like human beef jerky or just let them, dehydrate out there um nothing they could do but <laughs> these horny mutants slim who wanted to make the baby with jennifer but was told no it's like well you know what there's more than one woman around here i'm gonna go make the kid my woman so he cuts her down um and then tries to get rapey but Soldier at this point is just swinging back and forth, gets enough momentum that he kind of knocks out Old Slim momentarily, at least long enough for Kid to free herself. Um, and then when Slim comes to, he and uh, the Kid fight for the knife, and Slim ends up getting it the hard way, Chris. He does. He gets it right into the heart. But I had, I remember when I saw this years ago. I was waiting for like his hand or his fingers to get cut off because right. he's holding onto yeah. the blade of the knife that's while she's pulling. Yeah. 
So I'm thinking like, you know, she's just going to like yank it back and there goes his hand and then, and he'll freak you know, she'll out. cut soldier down or whatever. Right. He'll freak but, out because uh, he has no fingers and there's blood squirting out of it. And he could yeah. run into another instead, trap or something. We get the old uh, reversal of the tug of war momentum and uh, the pointed end goes flying right into his chest. Couldn't have happened to an, a worse human being. Uh, so Slim's done. We, we're two down now. Um, so kid gets soldier down. Soldier comforts her because obviously she's just been through quite an experience. And then she looks over his shoulder as he's hugging her and rubbing her back. In a, like he was trying to do more than just comfort her, I think. Um, but uh, she sees her dad's body uh, along the shoreline. And uh, obviously freaks out. But soldiers like, hey, we got to keep it together. We got to stay strong. What you need to do is you need to get your to take the body, get in the boat, go get the sheriff. I work alone. And uh, now some shit's going to happen. Um, but Junior at this point realizes where the hell did Slim go? He better not be messing over with those people that we've captured. Um get the boats, get the guns, Eli and Jesse, we got to go find Slim. But before he does, what, of course, what is he going to do? Go visit fricking Jennifer one more time. (sighs) Yeah. He goes to bother her. And then he tells Sissy, who's been nothing but trouble ever since they brought Jennifer there, that she needs to be the one to guard her and keep an eye out for anyone that uh, trespasses on their property. Right. And he locks the door and is like, that door better still be locked when I get back. So, you know, now let's be real. That door was probably not much more secure than the bathroom stall inside sleepaway camp during the B scene. (laughs) It was a very rickety shack. And it also had like an open window or was like a little bit of chicken wire over it. Like she very, she could have very easily escaped at any point, like in the middle of the night, you would think you would think you would think, uh, or yeah, or Sissy could have just pointed or just shot right through the damn thing and killed her. And she didn't have to open the door to take care of her, but we'll get there. Um, so Junior, Eli, and Jesse do find Slim's boat. Soon after, they find dead Slim. Um, Eli is told to take Slim's body back to the to the house. Um, and that's where the bombs that uh, soldier was making come into play. So there goes Eli. He's done. And now Junior is going to... We've got more mutants to call in because old Uncle Joe and his son, they'll help out. No more games. We're, we're going to... We're calling in Uncle Joe. Yeah, we're getting the hillbilly reinforcements. It's like there's more of you people. It was almost it, it would have been cooler if it was like when Fraker called the uh, thug hotline, the temporary service <laughs> the hillbilly hotline where he where he needed we needed more heat in his area. Like I don't you know see what a bunch of rednecks with uh tin can like uh the tin cans with the string. Yeah. Like the hillbilly yeah, telephone. That's what he would have had to do, yeah. He wouldn't have just been able to pick up the phone. He yeah, it would have been that or smoke signals or something, I don't know, or some kind of horn they blew. I don't know. Bring all the the hillbillies out of the woodwork. Um so we get another bit of soldier preparing for war, uh, puts on that snake eaters t shirt and you know shit's on now, Chris. Yeah, because now he's uh, he's dressed to kill and he starts going into full Rambo mode. We kind of get that little montage yeah. of him getting ready and uh, making his way through the woods of the swamp. And now he's going to go and get his sister and save her from these bastards once and for all. He's uh, like I mentioned it before, he's a little bit of a MacGyver. So, you know, we get the bomb scene. He's setting up traps. It's like a, a nice mix of MacGyver and Rambo here. Yeah. And. uh but before that, Sissy, who is just basically going to go against everything Junior told her, she busts open the lock, gets into the shack. She's going to take her out. She's going to take Jennifer out. Even though Jennifer does not want to be with Junior, that doesn't sink into Sissy's brain. Um, but before, once again, the, the interruptions save Jennifer every time. Because the sound of Soldier getting caught in a bear trap distracts Sissy long enough. And Jennifer finally does something for herself, stabs that horrible woman, Sissy, in the back. Um, yeah, and then 
<laughs> she he stabs her right in the yeah he she stabs her right in the back but then sissy of all people is still like this impervious to pain hillbilly wrecking crew yeah because she staggers and walks and manages to fire off a shot with the gun yeah before she finally collapses yeah that's well, she's not the most indestructible but yeah that was pretty good she was she was strong strong woman um jennifer helps out soldier uh but then all of a sudden you know Oh, the the backwood mutants with their shotguns are closing in. So they got to go back into that shack that Jennifer's been calling home for the past few days. And uh, the hillbillies, they're just shooting away. But uh, the soldier hides behind a a wheelbarrow with uh, Jennifer. And that that protects them. You know, good old fashioned. Nowadays, you'd probably shoot right through it. But those old school yeah, they don't ones, make them like they used to. Those old school ones that you can hide behind them. Um, so once you know, it's like okay, nobody could have survived that. But Uncle Joe, to his credit, is like we let's be cautious about. It. Let's not just go charging in there. Let's go nice and slow. His son opens the door, gets shot. Uncle Joe gets shot too, but still somehow manages to pull his kid out of the. Doorway, was kid out of the way and then collapsed and then next collapsed to him. after yeah <laughs> so he he was also very indestructible um and jesse's like now freaked out he's like i'm gonna get him and he hops on a tractor that is moving at a snail's pace as he hits toward it kind of reminded me of the austin powers scene with the uh, the big rolling and the guy screaming no and it's like he could have gotten out of the way two thousand times um but soldier shoots him dead anyway, so it doesn't matter. He and Jesse falls off. We get a little soldier versus junior action, which is you know what what we've been waiting for. We need somebody to end junior. Final fight. Uh, the final fight, and it's just down and dirty, um, literally too, because they're on the ground. They're just fighting. Um, obviously, and soldier's got a bullet in the side, so he's kind of selling it by not using his left arm. He's kind of scrunched over a little bit. He's got a bull. He's got a bum wheel because his leg was in the bear trap. The bear trap. Yeah. Yeah. He is not. Again, he he takes a lot of damage in this movie. He's not. Uh, he he is not Rambo in that way, where he's just like mowing through everybody. Um, uh, but then, just at the right moment, he is able to move as the runaway tractor comes and just crushes junior's head and that's also about the same time you hear the helicopter above it is the sheriff and the kid and uh soldier and the kid have a little makeout session while jennifer awkwardly stands there although at that point that's like the least horrible thing she's had to endure and was it me or did soldier seem more happy to see the kid who yeah. he's known for like 48 hours than his own sister. Like his sister's just kind of awkwardly standing there while he's making out with this random woman yeah. who he, she has no idea who she is. Mm. Right. Well, maybe she met her when they rented the boat, but still she's like, what? Yeah. I'm your freaking sister. We just lost our parents and you're, yeah, it, it was odd, but even more odd than that. You, one would think, okay, that is where, our movie ends. No. Because we go back to Lou and Santucci on another stakeout. This time they're trying to bust a firebug named Torchy. Uh, the same bum comes by again. So they they revisit that joke, that little callback. Um, and the bum's like, you're not going to fool me this time. I brought my own sugar because, yeah, that was the problem with that coffee didn't have sugar you idiot um and we find out though chris soldier's back on the job he's back in another warehouse seems to be the same part of town and uh this time we get a celebrity cameo from someone who actually got i mean not top billing but was built as part of the main cast and really is just here in this tacked on scene that lasts all of three minutes but uh you know fans of old school television and also Friday the 13th Part 6, among many other movies, may recognize Mr. Ron Palillo as the arsonist. Horshack himself poses as an, exter- as an exterminator. Um, but when Soldier encounters him in this warehouse, he does not believe that Torchy is the exterminator that he claims to be. And uh, next thing you know, he's got him tied up to like a, a two-wheeler little hand cart and... Uh, 
he's got uh, a, a condom and a broomstick and that's not something you want to see ever i would think um but he doesn't put the condom on the broomstick and you know do what you might think you might do with it he uses it to hang this condom filled with this bug juice because if it's just bug juice it will not blow up when he puts this candle underneath it so he's got this whole elaborate thing set up uh you yeah, know, it's very like, rube goldbergian <laughs> so he's he's got this going on um he's like oh you know if it's just that then you won't blow up so don't worry about it so then torchy of course is like no, no, I am. I was going to this. I'll, con- I'll confess. I confess, which I don't think would be allowed in a court of law. That's like a confession under duress. Um, but, uh, you know, we find that out that that's the way. And then you, that's it. He He's confessed. And come on in, Lou and Santucci. Um, soldier's done it again by his own rules. And oddly enough, Torchy will return in our Snake Eater 2. So was yeah, we that, will see was him that again. the whole reason that they put this on there so he could return? Uh, yeah, I guess it was you know setting up the sequel because I believe the sequel filmed not long after Probably this one. I think right they were already yeah, because, greenlit for it. Yeah, because I don't think it was even... It was, I think, released in, the, in 89 as well, like maybe later in the year. So... Snake Eater 2, so yeah, this sets up Torchy to be somebody that uh, gets put into a a mental institution as opposed to prison uh, for his uh, pyromaniac pyromaniac type uh, ways. Um, So yeah, final thoughts on the very odd Snake Eater. Uh, It felt almost like out of place for the era it felt very grindhousey yeah like that this would have been like more of like an early 80s kind of like because it had like that sleazy layer to it with like you know the the ogling the women like you know most of the girls wind up naked i mean at least we didn't get the sister naked or anything um although we got the wet t-shirt obviously she was of age to do the scene um but yeah it just had like that kind of uncomfortableness to it I, I it's a very entertaining movie but it's not one that i would watch regularly like right. re-watching it for the podcast it's probably been at least like a couple of years since i've watched it in full outside of like stumbling across like clips on youtube or something like that um you know i mentioned earlier i think part three is my favorite because it's more of a straight-up action movie and the novelty of someone like bam bam bigelow who was a wrestler that i was a fan of seeing them in it but this one felt more like something that like Quentin Tarantino would be proud to be a fan of just uh, with the way that, you know, the hillbillies are probably my least favorite hillbillies <laughs> in a movie next to the cast of redneck zombies, which is one of my most despised films of all time. Whoa. Um, just uh, yeah, that, that is a trauma film that I am not a fan of. How many um, copies of it do you own? I don't own any copies of Thank it. Thank God. I have not watched that movie in years. Made the mistake of renting it years ago when I was a teenager and have not looked back on it. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I'm a fan of Lorenzo Lamas. We've talked about Renegade many times. That's one of my favorite action shows. Um, he's done a lot of martial arts films that we're both a fan of. Uh, Snake Eater trilogy, probably towards the bottom end of the work of his that I'm a fan of. But, you know, I do get a kick out of this one occasionally. It's just not one that I go back to that often. Yeah, I can honestly say whenever I reviewed it for the site, that's when I first watched it. And now that we're talking about it, that's the second time I've watched the movie. Um, but yeah, I probably would go back and watch three and possibly even two. Um, but uh, yeah, again, as we said at the top, uh, it's not offensive that this thing got two more movies. And obviously the f- two were probably planned right from the start. Uh, you know, filming them close by, and that's why we had Torchy in both of them. Um, but why didn't like the kid return? Like that's odd. But I guess she had to run the marina since who else was going to do it? Uh, but yeah, odd that this of all the movies, of all the great movies that didn't get a sequel, that should have got a sequel, Snake Eater got two sequels. As I said, and I guess that was the power of Lorenzo Lamas, you know, fresh off of Falcon Crest, transitioning into action mode. And, you know, we've got to remember that this was 
I think this was his first action say, movie. I think it was his first first. Action. So I mean, we really only got better from there. You know, right. you know, we got uh, a whole bunch of non Snake Eater movies to look at. Um, but hey, you know, everyone's got to start somewhere, and you know, it wasn't a total turnoff. Just very, very exploitationish, very exploitationy. You know, yeah. those are actual words, but I'm going to use them to describe it anyway, and that's good. It's just something I've got to be in the mood for. Yeah. So there you go. Snake Eater. Maybe we'll talk about the other Snake Eaters down the road. Um, or maybe not. We'll find out. But yeah, there we go. We got we can cross Lorenzo Lamas off our list. We've been doing quite well here in uh, 2023, catching up on people that we have yet to talk about. We've, just you and I, we, we've talked about uh, Olivier, Olivier Gruner in our Angel Town. Yeah, Angel Town. That was a fun one. Uh, and you, me, and Chad talked at Little Don the Dragon Wilson for the first time when we did uh, Ring of Fire. Ring of Fire 2, a movie that celebrated its 30th anniversary this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so we, we've been getting those. Oh, little Robert Ginty when we talked Exterminator, because everybody was really hounding me when were we going to talk about a Robert Ginty movie. Actually, nobody yeah. ever asked that, but we did it anyway. Because yeah, we, we just... did that on the podcast, and you had your Lady Dragon coverage. Indeed. Or, Lady... or did I? Do... Wait, you did Lady Dragon too? Did I do Lady Dragon one? Uh, we we covered Lady Dragon on the podcast. We did the Lady Dragon on the podcast. Year. That's right. I don't think we. I don't think anyone's reviewed it. But yeah, I did Lady Dragon two uh, after I found the laser disc at uh, my local favorite little spot to uh, check out used. Uh, physical media the exchange so and a great spot that. that is too that's where you found me the rapping soundtrack on vinyl indeed i haven't been in a bit i'm gonna have to uh pop in there here um in the next couple weeks uh check things out see what else is going on up there at the old exchange. maybe you'll find the snake eater trilogy <laughs> maybe i will <laughs> maybe i will uh maybe on laserdisc you know and that's the thing if something oddball like that was on laserdisc i I'm probably more likely to buy it just because it's so odd and rare that you would find such a thing. And plus those things are like four bucks. So, cause who the hell wants a laser disc? Who even has a laser disc player? I do, but how many other people do? I don't know. All right. What I do know is we want to wrap things up for this episode 99, but before we say goodbye, Chris, we got to find out what in the world is going on. You know, I thought about Figures Toy Company while watching Snake Eater because I remembered at one time there were Welcome Back Cotter figures and I didn't know if they was or I think Figures Toy Company should try to get those back. Or or does Mego have those? Uh, you know, a lot of the licenses these days are not as exclusive. Um, you know, the new Mego, uh, however you want to say it, like the original Mego uh, right. redo um you know they are doing dc figures just like we are um obviously we've kind of uh gone deeper into the character selection and everything um so i mean it's something that is possible we really haven't done too much as far as the retro tv stuff um you know if you remember back in the day we did do i love lucy and married with children and the brady bunch and stuff like that uh but lately a lot of the focus has been on um you know, getting more of that superhero output out there uh, as far as the wrestling end. I mean, this year is a very famous anniversary in wrestling, and I've hinted at it before, and a lot of people have kind of picked up on it, but it's the anniversary of the Midnight Express, 1983 to 2023. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can expect a lot of great stuff coming out uh, alongside our good pal Jim Cornette. Uh, That'll be dropping in the months to come towards the latter half of the year. whole lot of output coming out for dc and warner brothers scooby-doo uh we've got more stuff coming out for the three stooges including doing joe besser and curly joe dorita uh doing a full set of we want our mummy which includes the mummy much like we've done lupe the wolfman so some of the supporting cast are starting to hit the three stooges license uh the toy line that we've got going on so it'll be keeping me busy and i'm sure as we get closer to christmas uh there'll be a lot more information and a lot more product so that we've got all of the Christmas shoppers set up to get what they want under their tree. And we will certainly have you back on to uh, promote all of that. So everybody is aware because 
figure store company makes some fantastic figures and i know i own some of them i would i'll probably be owning more especially that midnight express uh situation because one of the greatest tag teams of all time and where can everybody find figures toy company chris on uh, social media Everybody can find us, first of all, at the official website, figurestoycompany.com. You can follow us on Twitter at figurestoyco. Go to Instagram or Facebook. Just look up the company name. And if you would like to follow along on my personal journey as a chief marketing officer, wrestling know-it-all, movie reviewer, podcaster extraordinaire, my Twitter handle is at Zach Malibu, Z-A-C-K-M-A-L-I-B-U. There you go. And of course, Bulletproof Action could be found on social media at Bulletproof Pod on Twitter, at Bulletproof Action on Instagram, Facebook, and Threads. So, Chris, you had teased at the uh, start of this that Snake Eater inspired you to uh, inspired one of the the movies you're going to be covering here in August, here for Actionversary. Do you want to reveal that now? So I'm going to look it up. Uh, I, I know I have a DVD copy from way back in the day. I actually saw it mentioned on Dawn of the Discs on IG, who let us know about uh, all the upcoming Blu-ray, 4K uh, specialty releases, pretty much every major DVD release. But I may have to revisit Gator Bait from 1974. And if you've never seen it, it is about a... Cajun woman, uh, a supposed Cajun woman who was actually a Playboy playmate from the 70s at the time, um, who is stalked by a bunch of no good hillbilly bayou types, and she fights back as only she can. So it's uh, kind of your typical woman in distress, women in distress, woman fights back, woman gets revenge, 70s exploitation movie. But just the setting of Snake Eater and the vibe of the hillbillies, and then seeing the new release that'll be upcoming later in the year kind of inspired me to see if i can pull that up on prime or dig out the dvd and i might give that a go for no surrender cinema this month well there you have it some real old school there uh from the toy man christy Petrillo on no surrender cinema so check that out again we're going to be celebrating our ninth anniversary or actionversary as i like to call it all month long a lot of great stuff coming out. Uh, and again, that that's I love it because, again, we talked about some of the new stuff we're going to be covering. You're going way back to the 70s. We've got I'll be going back to the 70s as well for Ender the Dragon. And again, like I said before, everything in between. Um, and that's I, I, that's what I love most about our site is just the wide variety of things we cover uh, on any given week. You never know what's coming up. That's true. It could I, be from the 70s, the 80s, the 2000s. I mean, you know, look at my output this past month. You know, we talked about the Chinese dragon, good old Barry Chan, who's oh, uh, struck Barry forward Chan. with a lot of our readers. You are I the am a Barry biggest Chan Barry Chan fan. fan that I know. You are I also am, the only Barry Chan fan. Barry Chan fan. <laughs> hey, you know what? There's there's more of them out there, as you know. There I are, mean, Chinese they, dragon was a very well-read review this month. Yeah. Um, and then going back to just a couple of years ago, with that film Becky. So I might even have to pull up that sequel and check that one out and see if it's as good as the original one was. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I sh- should thank everybody because yeah, we definitely did see an uptick uh, on the website this past month and here on the podcast as well. So thank you for checking out the website. Thank you for checking out the podcast. And next time on the podcast, it is the big one. It is episode 100, which is, is uh, doesn't even really I don't I don't know that it's really sunk in that we, we've done almost a hundred of these but we are going to do a 100th episode Chad Cruz will be back and we plan on having a special guest so hopefully we can make this happen we might be a bit delayed but we will make episode 100 happen one way or the other and we are going to be covering Chris a canon classic it is over the top and I will be over the moon for that because that's one of my favorite films and you're some of my favorite people. So it's a good combination. So over the top directed by Menachem Golan himself, one of my personal heroes is the plan for episode 100 uh, episode 101. I'll give you a little hint. It's going to be something from our new image list that we are going to be uh, presenting at the end of the month. And Chris, I think you're going to be back in September because we've got a big 
40 year anniversary to celebrate of a little something called Revenge of the Ninja. Uh, a film that I love so much. I was just watching it yesterday on our uh, our favorite app, Pluto TV. Uh, Enter Pluto the Ninja TV. and Revenge of the Ninja were on back to back. That's a good double double feature. But yeah, we'll and be they doing were followed to... by yep. Don the Dragon Wilson in Black Belt. So we went from Ninja to the Dragon. What's better than that? I mean, that's yeah. a day right there. Pluto is awesome. And whoever programs Pluto, they know their shit and they know what they're doing because I always love when it's somebody's birthday uh, and I go on a Pluto and it's like they have those that person's movies on like someone's paying attention over there. And I, I appreciate that because I certainly try to do that with our social media. Um, if it's a birthday, if it's an anniversary of something to, to promote, to put it out there and just celebrate. I mean, because that's another big part of what we do on Bulletproof Action is just keeping this alive and celebrating this wonderful, wonderful action genre and the men and the women who have made it happen for decades now. Um, absolutely. You know, part of the reason the site exists, part of the reason that I wanted to do the site and continue to do the site nearly nine years now. So, um, yeah. So over the top coming up again, stay tuned to bulletproofaction.com. And, uh, Chris, any final words you want to share or are you, are you good? I'm good. Everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for reading. And we've got a lot more in store because it's Actionversary Month. So stay tuned to PulitBrewFaction.com. And there's my uh, plug. There you go. I love it. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you for listening. And as always, stay tuned for more of the Bulletproof Podcast. listening to the Geekscape Network.